0: The thing that causes the most mental health challenges is a thing called experiential avoidance. If you try to fixate yourself on one particular emotion, that means you're trying to push away the other emotions. We've evolved for millions of years, so all those emotions are designed for a reason. If we start selecting one over another and try to push them away, rather than it diminishing it makes it stronger and and we start to get into a bit of a struggle when we get an emotion we can see it as a threat like you'd see an external threat of something dangerous like a dangerous animal or something that same threat response is triggered off in through an emotion and when it's triggered off we try to push it away and it's those natural reactions that come up in human beings which is why we get into these kind of closed feedback loops in terms of our difficult emotions difficult thoughts and then behaving in ways that are not not helpful for us, too. So to go from avoidance to allowing and accepting is is really one of the key processes that you learn through Act
1: Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good. And be happy we choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can many of us couldn't find our role by working for others and so we chose to work for ourselves we took the more uncertain path not because we wanted to but because we needed to we value learning play and friendship and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world by following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learn about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. This episode is the audio recording of the live webinar that Lawrence and I have been committed to broadcasting every Friday during the lockdown period in the UK. We were joined this time by one of the funniest and kindest people we know. His name is Shamash Aladina and he is the author of Mindfulness for Dummies, as well as being an ACT trainer and a keynote speaker on well-being and resilience. ACT, also known as Acceptance and Commitment Therapy or Training, was around before mindfulness became even a thing. It's a highly flexible, evidence-based model that can be used by everyone, from coaches and consultants, to school teachers, to therapists and doctors. At its core, ACT is about feeling the feelings rather than pushing them away. As Shammer says during the webinar, the more we try to push unpleasant feelings away, the more they'll grow. If we're able to accept these feelings and give them space, the less likely they'll hijack our actions. Understanding how this works is essential for first-time entrepreneurs. When you're launching a business, fear and self-criticism are your worst enemies. By applying some of the principles in ACT, we believe you'll be better equipped to deal with the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. I hope you enjoy this episode, particularly the little meditation Shama shares towards the end. Uh, quick check-in how are you all, How are you doing seriously Shamash
0: seriously I um, haven't been too well actually last couple of days um, been f- just about managing to walk up and down the stairs yesterday and oh, today man. but feeling a bit better now I just uh, I tried taking my pyjamas off and wearing something different and having a shower and feeling a bit more fresh now
1: <laughs> oh man it's that creating that home routine
2: yeah you, you don't know. have to show your lower half <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's always the danger here. Oh, okay. uh, I've got right.
0: something. No best skin. Show, show show your PJs time.
1: <laughs> I think I am in more or less in my PJs. Lawrence, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. Yeah, uh was it, week four, five? I lost track of time. It's Friday, I know that. So that's why it's worth having these uh calls so we know what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, this happens on this day, the some routine um yeah i'm good i'm i'm needing i think my mom's gonna cut my hair tonight which is gonna be really worrying so i'm gonna time it the point the, p- the point in the week i'm furthest away from doing another call so at least i have a few, a few days of uh you know hiding in my bathroom
0: now that's something worth live streaming
2: you getting a haircut we always, <laughs> i think you'd double your subscribers right there you probably would it's pretty more interesting than you know me rambling on so let's get on it <laughs>
1: I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust anyone in my house to cut my hair, unfortunately. Wow. So um we're just gonna go for the straggly look for the next three that's the other thing. Three weeks of not mm. getting my hair cut.
2: Yeah, and um, and keep going probably. Um yeah, I'm just gonna have to keep going.
0: How about the guys changes? Keep keep the- with the- with they challenges. might they might be quite good at haircuts. The Chinese takeaway peeps. At a distance, yeah. You ask, you get I'm two meters away
1: with some kind of scissor <laughs> thing. That, that,
2: that's a pivot and a half. <laughs> like, like, yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: number one, number seven, uh,
0: number three, please. Okay,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> mind the ears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so we, you know, one of the we had a conversation. A couple of weeks ago, about what's going on, and particularly, I was interested in in the work that you're doing around ACT Mm -hmm. or with ACT, because maybe just was ACT again describe the the,
0: ACT acronym and and the meaning. Yeah, so ACT stands for Acceptance and Commitment Therapy or Acceptance and Commitment Training, and it was something that started the research on it started perhaps even before the mindfulness movement started. So. You know probably early 70s i think it's over 40 years of research on it and it's considered one of the third wave therapies but it's not just a therapy it's actually it's used in business it's used you know in sports it's used in medicine as well as well as therapy it's really nice in that it's very fluid and flexible so you can apply it to all sorts of different areas so i thought it'd be quite good for for the group here to to learn about the principles and and try some of them out Mm.
1: so maybe um, just starting with what's what is about act what's the difference there what what yeah. does it
0: mean yeah so um maybe i'll brief, briefly share the story of how it started so it was a psychologist called dr stephen hayes and he was suffering from repetitive panic attacks he'd he'd been uh he was a psychologist himself and he's applying all the latest science because that he knew for his panic and anxiety, but he just couldn't get rid of it. Even when he tried relaxation techniques, you know, he was saying to himself, you know, breathe, be calm, be relaxed, but still uh, you, uh, the panic attack came. In fact, when he tried the relaxation technique, it actually reminded him of the fact of the reason why he was doing it and, and it came. And there was a point where he, you know, he had a panic attack in the middle of the night and he, he was convinced it was a heart attack, but he didn't call 911 and it ran through his head that oh, okay this is you know i'll call the ambulance i'll be taken to hospital and he could imagine the doctor saying dr hayes this is not a, a, um, a heart attack it's a panic attack and so he was just it was at the you know this was three years of real strong anxiety and he was at the bottom of the at ground level like you know he couldn't go any lower he felt so so upset but it was that moment that he i would say he'd had a spiritual experience in that he suddenly noticed that he was not his mind. It took that long for him to see see that actually, this is just my mind telling me to run away from my anxiety and to keep trying anything to try and get rid of it, to avoid it. And in that moment, in those few minutes, he went from running away from it to accepting it and allowing it and letting it be. And he thought, whoa, this strategy that worked for me uh, was the one technique that I was not taught in psychology. It was a mindful approach. And this was back in the early 70s where people would, you know, there's no chance people were into meditation and stuff like that from a science perspective. So he didn't publish much. He did two bits of research that worked. Then he didn't publish anything. And he just started doing underlying research and into – the thing is that, you know, with mindfulness and other programs, there's like a six-week program for this, an eight-week program for that, a one-year program. People come up, they just make programs up, and then they test them out and they say, okay, go and do it. But he didn't want to make up yet another program. He wanted to know what were the underlying principles that helped him to, to get better. And so after, like, literally, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 years of research in the background with, with a bunch of other researchers, they came up with what there was six principles. And these six principles uh, improve a thing called psychological flexibility, which is our ability to accept our thoughts, emotions and sensations, no matter what they are, and stay focused on cultivating a meaningful life that's what psychological flexibility is it's like you can be quite clear what what gives your life meaning and purpose and you can accept the, the tricky thoughts and emotions that come along with it one of the most amazing things about act is it is not about symptom reduction the aim is not if you have anxiety the aim is not to reduce anxiety if it's depression it's not to reduce it it always it doesn't focus on trying to fix your emotions because they don't believe they're problems to be fixed what they say if you if you're suffering from something like uh low mood and stuff and you tried all these other therapies you'd come to an act coach or therapist and they would say to you if you didn't have this low mood if you didn't have this anxiety this depression what would you do with your life and people would be like oh wow well, well i would you know i would uh, write that book that i've always wanted to write but i can't because of the, the low mood and so they would say okay I'm going to give you some skills to notice the thoughts, notice the emotions, let them be there. But we're going to keep taking tiny steps towards what makes your life meaningful, which is to uh, help and support others. And the way you want to do it is to write your book at the moment. And you may want to help and support others in other ways. So it helps you to start cultivating a meaningful life. And then the person will say, oh, my God, I'm feeling so anxious when I write this book. They'll be like, yes, the anxiety is there. That's fine. And we're going to do what makes your life meaningful, too and so it's such a great sense of freedom for people because finally there sometimes they spend years of their lives trying to get rid of the anxieties trying to fix the depression trying to feel happy um and there's a whole one of the most popular books on act is actually called the happiness trap it's sold over a million copies and i'll talk a bit more about that but it can you can get into this trap of trying to fix our emotions as if we should feel a certain way and this really makes space and allows you to do absolutely whatever you want to feel Uh, and and is more based on action so what action are you going to take to make your life more meaningful Um, so it's radically different from other therapies in that way and it's also like i said it's non-linear so um, there's any of these six processes that i'll go through you can try them at any time you can choose which one you like you can combine it with other therapies so any coaches consultants or therapists or any any of those guys on on the call today They can take bits and pieces from out, and they're very welcome to put them in. There's no fixed training you have to do or fixed certification you want to do. The way Stephen Hayes developed it, he'd seen what these kind of gurus can sometimes do. Or even in the the world of of therapy and other places, you'd have the top person who gives the main master certification, and then you have the others that certify those people, and you get this kind of pyramid chain happening. He was like no we don't want to do that we want to keep it open source we're going to make it available for everyone you can read a book and start sharing it if you want and we're not going to control it and because of that it's become one of the fastest growing uh, therapeutic approaches in the world and they've got a really flourishing research community both online and in person i was going to go but probably it will be cancelled in, in the u.s but one year it's in u.s and one year it's in in Europe. And, uh, they're not like your usual kind of mindful community in the sense of just about relax, relaxing or meditating. They're very kind of uh, creative and active as well because they appreciate that element. So, does that give a bit of an idea? Oh, That's was a fantastic thought. summary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <you're> done, now. <laughs> <laughs> Got it.
1: <laughs> You've stolen the whole conversation. I was right.
0: Right. <laughs> like no, no questions left. <laughs>
1: Oh, someone's asking, uh what's the name
0: of the community? Uh I believe it's uh the acronyms ACBS, uh Association for Contextual Behavioral Science, but ACBS. Well, wow, mm. that needs a rebrand. <laughs>
2: Association. That's a lot of acronyms.
0: Contextual <laughs> Behavioral
2: Science. Um, so it sounds like acceptance is a big word when you're talking about the emotion well like i think when we talk about it's the same thing anyone talk? i'm sure you found this with the museum of happiness every time you mention happiness as a word it's loaded right you get a reaction from people yeah. good or bad and people think oh it's just about being happy all the time and trying to suppress those, yeah, those negative yeah. emotions
0: that's a really good point yeah i mean the reason why we came up with the museum of happiness idea was because because uh, mindfulness in a way wasn't so attractive a word and i saw you know a coca-cola advert where it said you know share happiness and they so they're using the word happiness to attract people and then to to drink their drink so i thought why don't we use that approach for the museum happiness but yeah i think the majority of people general public they're okay with happiness and they're attracted by the word happiness but if you just take a little bit of time to reflect hang on a minute what do we mean by happiness and actually it can cause a bit of a trap So Mm -hmm. let me just explain a little bit about that. So I'm not saying happiness is a bad thing and don't be happy, but it can be a bit of a trap in thinking that uh, happiness, like one of the things that people think is like happiness is our natural state. So if we're not happy at any moment, there's something wrong that needs to be fixed. But we know from a whole load of research in that if you try to fixate yourself on one particular emotion, that means you're trying to push away the other emotions. And those emotions are all there. You know, we've evolved for millions of years. So all those emotions are designed for a reason. They're coming up for a reason. If we start selecting one over another and try to push them away, rather than diminishing, it makes it stronger. and, And we start to get into a bit of a struggle. In fact, of all the things that are unhelpful for us, what the ACT research found, that the thing that causes the most mental health challenges is a thing called experiential avoidance. So it's starting to avoid certain emotions. So if it's say low mood, if you start doing your best to try to avoid that low mood, un- unconsciously, you're trying to push it away or anxiety. And that's the problem. The problem is not the feeling. It's just a feeling. It's coming and it will go. Same with anxiety. It's just a feeling that all human beings have. But if we start becoming fearful of that feeling, then we get into this kind of closed feedback loop and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, and that's actually a very natural thing to do. So I'm not criticizing anyone, including myself, for getting into that loop because of uh, humans have evolved very, for a very short time compared to mammals. So you know, humans have come along a maximum of about 2 million years compared to the hundreds of millions for mammals. So we've got this new brain which works through language and it works in a very different way to other animals and so when we get an emotion we can actually start thinking we can see it as a threat like you'd see an external threat of something dangerous like a dangerous animal or something that same threat response is triggered off in through an emotion and when it's triggered off we try to push it away just like in the real world if something's dangerous you push it away or you fight it and it's those natural reactions that come up in human beings which is why we get into these kind of closed feedback loops in terms of our difficult emotions difficult thoughts and then behaving in ways that are not not helpful for us too. So to go from avoidance to allowing and accepting is is really one of the key processes that you learn through ACT. Yeah,
1: fantastic. So the thing that really resonates for me, particularly for us running the Happy Startup School and helping people get their ideas out into the world, is one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people to just share their idea is fear. Mm-hmm. fear of judgment fear of failure and so there's something there around yeah, exactly. fear of success but this idea of like actually you know you push away the fear you know you'll be courageous you need to get yourself out there mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you there is this very much more compassionate way of looking at it that's fine you're allowed to be scared
0: that, oh yes very very healthy to allow yourself to feel that feeling But the the other cool thing about the model it's got the element about acceptance But it's really hard to accept. How do you accept? How do you find the motivation to accept? So the the other side of the model is the values and the action So what motivates us is when we do something which is deep in our heart that we're motivated with and so the great thing about this community this (coughs) I would say your community is like ideal for act in that you've got the perfect model because you've got the you got you, You talk about the happiness element, which is about emotional well-being I think and acceptance is part of that but then you've also got this element of Entrepreneurship of helping people to find what their values are and helping to take action. So in a way As your model is working, it's because of these I would say the underlying processes that actors discovered So you're helping entrepreneurs to find out what are their values? So if if an entrepreneur's value is let's say creativity so a value is something, is, is something you never reach. It's something you continuously do. So if you've got a member of your community, let's say someone called Frank, and they're into creativity, so you, you could they could then start thinking, okay, what, what could you do in your business, in your organization that would be involving creativity? And so they'd be clear, like, yeah, okay, I would be, I don't know what they would be doing. Let's say they're making face masks in a creative way, okay, because that's something that serves the community. So you're actually creating a service that people need but they're bringing their creative element in. If it's just normal face masks, it wouldn't be exciting for them. They're like, okay, everyone's mm-hmm. doing that. And yes, it meets a need, but it's not in line with their values. But if they've got a creative setup, a creative team, if they connect with other people in creative ways, if they come up with a new design every week, that would give them the motivation. But let's say that person also has a lot of anxiety. Because of their motivation is strong to take make a difference in the world in this way, they would be willing to make space for that anxiety and one of the one of the most beautiful quotes in act is we hurt where we care so we care is what our values are so if this person really cares about creativity but because they care a lot they feel quite anxious to actually put it out there and the reason why a lot of fear i would say comes up in this community when they're thinking about doing their their project is because if they really care about it if they really didn't care and there's no fear there, then that's probably a sign that actually it's not the right thing for them. So this, the the fact that there's fear, there's anxiety around the idea is that they really want it to work. They really care about it. And so it's going to be hard to accept it without that motivation and that goal that they have for themselves. And so, yeah, so you have that motivation, but then the steps you need to take need to be really tiny, mostly to be able to cope with the fear. So uh, it could be such a small step that it feels like it's not worth it. Like when i wanted to get into a daily habit of walking i had to start with just putting my trainers on and nothing else the goal was just to put the trainers on and when i did that i started to go for this is in winter uh, and you know didn't want to exercise particularly every single day but then just putting my trainers on led to me walking for a few minutes more and more and more and so i would urge the people on here if they're thinking about starting a business or want to take it to the next level think about what are your values and we can talk a bit more about how to work what your values out, but be really clear. I've got it written on my whiteboard somewhere. These are my values and that excites me and motivates me. And I can apply that to everything I do and that makes it fun. And then I'm willing to make space for the difficult feelings that will definitely come up along the process.
1: Right.
2: Mm. Well, the, the funny thing is we've got someone on our program at the moment who's making creative face masks.
0: So. <laughs> your name Frank.
2: She's called Victoria, oh. <laughs> but also known as Frank now. <laughs> Frank London. Really?
0: That's brilliant. Oh, well done, Victoria. Good for
2: you. Eh? Yeah, a couple of days <laughs> ago,
1: We talk a lot about um, tiny steps, Lawrence, don't we? And yeah. like just dying small. Maybe talk to that and how that relates to what Shamash is talking about.
2: Hmm. Well, it's linked to there's so much research around this, isn't there? BJ Fogg and his tiny habits. Um, there was another there's a company in Brighton called Do Something Different. You might know those guys who uh I think the founders actually wrote a book about behavioral flexibility. You talked a bit about the psychological flexibility. But I think this idea of yeah, small actions help you change behavior in a way that, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to give up smoking or lose weight or anything, start a business, you can't just do that overnight because it's such a huge shift in mindset and, and behaviour. So yeah. yeah, we we and even ourselves, us starting a happy startup school, this was an iterative journey we took whilst running our other company to explore what does this look like and do we have the confidence to do this as well so i think the fear part comes in but when uh when you do it in small steps it feels a bit less risky and maybe a little bit less scary than doing it in a big way
0: yeah the the other cool thing about that because yeah i totally agree and for 90 percent of the time and i've been uh talking about the small steps a lot as well but one of the cool things they sometimes say in act is okay you know set one goal which is a tiny step but also set one bold step So Mm -hmm. they would encourage people to take a bold step too. I remember I was doing uh, one of the ACT programs and my bold step was to actually order a new bike and actually go for a bike ride. And I actually hadn't bought a bike for myself for like 30 years or something. So I hadn't done it for ages. And that was a bold step for me to spend the money and to order that and to to try Mm -hmm. and use it regularly. So yeah, in terms of uh, another approach, so people could say for their week, what their value is and what tiny, tiny step they're gonna take that week. But also you could ask yourself, okay, if I was going to take a bold step, what bold step would I take? And mm. then the anxiety will come up around that. And then how can I use my mindful skills and my acceptance skills to make space for that and to continue to take the action despite the feeling? Mm. Uh, we're not trying to live our lives because of, you know, people who are kind of into the museum of happiness, happy startup school and stuff, the people that may get attracted may be people who feel they need to feel happy all the time as if, if they feel anxious or if they feel scared or if they feel sad, that means that they're doing something wrong. And I would say, no, we're not doing something wrong. We're, In fact, it's it's a sign that we're going in a direction that's meaningful for us. We hurt where we care, we care where we hurt. So seeing that as a signal, that actually, it is going to cause anxiety and I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to make space for that feeling and to still take the action. And that's such a beautiful example of developing your flexibility skills internally yeah. to be able to hold that, and to navigate towards taking meaningful action. But to go back to the small steps thing, uh, an image that came into my mind is a little bit like an iceberg, a huge iceberg. I used to have, a, I used to be a school teacher for 10 years, and one of the posters I had was a huge poster of just an iceberg, and it just said hidden depths on it. And it was just the tip of the iceberg, but you could see the whole iceberg underneath. and It's massive underneath. And this is actually how our human brain works. So our unconscious mind uh processes something like 11 and a half million bits per second it's doing so much and our oh, conscious brain, and our conscious <laughs> <laughs> is that the speed of your broadband i wish <laughs> <laughs> and then our, our conscious brain is 60 bits a second which is probably even dial-up was faster than that wasn't it <laughs> do you remember we used to pick the phone up but it's like uh, <laughs> uh, and phone, i'm trying to send an email here <laughs>
2: I'm struggling at the moment with everyone gaming and on Netflix. <laughs>
0: anyway, so, so our minds are like that. So that's why we can't suddenly change our habits from one thing to another, because if we're not really in control of ourselves so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the kind of things that I've been reflecting on is actually we can only do these tiny nudges and how we're behaving right now with this challenge that we're faced with it's pretty inevitable if we're you know if we're low on motivation or we're feeling very fearful or we're feeling low or feeling isolated whatever it is it's kind of inevitable it's more of an acceptance journey for us like this is just the way it's going to be and you know looking at all these prime ministers and presidents doing really stupid making stupid decisions in my opinion <laughs> yeah let's stop funding the who that's going to really help uh, <laughs> that was causing me a lot of frustration initially but when i see uh, that person is just like a giant iceberg and most of it being unconscious processes and due to that person's genetics and the person's brain cells and everything else around him or her that's why that person's doing the action there's a reason why they're doing that and so they don't change that much either so i think it's nice to remember that we can't massively change ourselves so much we could just make little nudges here and there and it's more of a game of acceptance and then we can stop blaming ourselves and blaming others so much for stuff as well
2: hmm. i love the idea of the bold step as well because i think you're right it's when um i think we found this ourselves there's a point at which you need to commit to something um, even if it feels maybe small to you but big enough to be scary um yeah we've seen a lot of people that make that leap it's i think it's nice to do i think it's easier in community as well
0: yeah with acceptance they say in act they say you can't do it gradually so uh the bold move is either you accept it or you don't so if you have a certain Uh, emotion they you can sometimes have a conversation with a client for weeks but they need to say like you know at least for one second are you it's almost like an on and off switch either you accept it fully or not and they say it's a jump it's like you can't Kind of gradually go into the swimming pool. I suppose you could, but ultimately you need to be in the swimming pool. You can't be half in it and half out. And yeah, so- you're either wet or you're not wet. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that late yet, is it? <laughs> <Sorry>. oh, <it's- laughs> it is the afternoon, I suppose. <laughs> oh the old step could be either jumping off a piece of paper onto the ground or it could be from a box onto the ground or from a chair onto the ground or from a building onto the ground it could be that kind of step but a step is a step and so with act you decide are you willing to accept something whatever it is 100 percent fully and that's that's not a feeling it's a decision you make and if you half accept things, then there's always going to be the space for it. Like with, with anxiety that say, okay, I'm, I'll accept when I, I'll accept the anxiety a little bit and then I'll stop. It doesn't seem to work that way. Cause it creates this feedback mechanism where it will just, the, the anxiety will just ratchet up until you're not willing to accept it again.
1: Mm-hmm. So you have
0: to take the time and have the courage, like, right. Okay. Now I'm going to hundred percent go for this, whether it's for one second or for one day or whatever it is.
1: Um, so talking about this kind of thinking of the act as maybe this iceberg you know we're covering some of the surface or the tips of the iceberg stuff hmm. something that's i'm curious about in terms of deeper question is this idea of you know we're talking about accepting feelings people judging feelings as they are good or bad hmm. and and so you have good feelings and bad feeling feelings because i think it relates to your idea about pushing feelings away you know yeah we hold on to good things feelings and we push away bad feelings do you have any thoughts on that
0: yeah well first of all we need to accept that that's gonna that's natural some of our emotions are way more pleasant than others and feeling good feeling happy is something that feels really nice so very easy to accept it you don't have to work hard i'm struggling with accepting you know happiness although actually having said that i'm joking aside actually when people are uncomfortable with what with with being unhappy so if they're not willing to accept the unhappiness it's very hard for them to accept the happiness too because Mm. when happiness comes you have the sense that actually this is going to go away at some point so let me not fully open up and accept it so that's interesting in itself Um, Mm. but yeah uh, judging feelings which we naturally do uh, is not a helpful thing young children they don't have that judgment but as we grow up we're kind of taught that that's a good feeling or that's a bad feeling when we start getting attracted to them um but it creates this kind of uh, aversion and acceptance kind of di- dichotomy kind of thing so one of them you really want to push away and one of them you're willing to make space for so i think the thing that motivates me to make space to accept the low mood uh, the anxiety and all that stuff is knowing that if I don't accept it, it's going to lead to issues and problems. If I, if I judge uh, a feeling like a low mood as a bad thing, then I know that that's just not going to help. It's going to last longer. I'm going to feel it stronger. I'm going to be in that state even more. So knowing that. Why don't I just allow it to be there? It's just a feeling. And in fact, maybe there's something I can learn about it. What can I learn about uh, low mood or sadness or anxiety or anger or frustration? What is it teaching me? And I suppose I could take the same approach for for positive emotions too. Okay, great. It's not going to last forever either. We very much, for some reason, our minds always think when we get into uncomfortable emotions that they're going to last for ages. And we don't have that sense for for the positive mood so much it's just a way we're kind of made up um and the mindful practices whether even if it's a second or a few minutes just noticing where it is in the body helps with uh, cultivating awareness as well as acceptance too so it kind of goes hand in hand um
1: so the two things that I just wanted to focus on there um one way i found quite useful is this idea that if you if you can't accept the unhappiness how are you going to accept the happiness and mm. identifying that they're two connected things mm. so if you can't accept the fear how are you going to accept the courage mm. so if you're that's stopping you from actually making something happen because oh i'm too scared or, i'm pushing away the fear but then if you push away the fear you're never going to accept the courage to do something
0: that's really true yeah and that's a really nice one that's a really <laughs> good
1: in you're saying. and then um I think the the other aspect – no, I'll I'll stick with that because I think you you were on a roll before. um,
0: (laughs) One of the thoughts about courage is uh, I think it it means the word heart. The word C-O-U-R, core, actually originally means heart. So uh, it's certainly not about getting rid of the fear. So you can have courage. Courage is almost like a motivation that goes with the fear. So you'd have the fear – And the thing to remember is let's not try and get rid of the fear because the fear is there. And if you wait for the fear to do something, that's going to be deciding what actions you take in your life. So rather than allowing that too much control, just say, okay, the fear is there. I'm learning that it's just a feeling. I'm learning that uh, I'll share a story about the two arrows about fear. I'm just learning it's a feeling. It's just being there. And with that, I'm also going to take this action to buy this domain name and start this website. And as I do that, there's going to be thoughts like, and that's where the ACT techniques has come in too. So there'll be thoughts like, oh my God, this is not good enough. Or people are going to laugh at me. Or what if I don't make any sales? Or I'm not good at sales. So all those thoughts are going to be coming. And, and you'd be like, thank you, mind. Thank mm-hmm. you, feelings. And I'm going to continue doing this action so one of the things that acts teaches is to disconnect between your thoughts and feelings and the action you take so one technique they say is and people could do this right now so you could just say uh say in your mind i can't lift my hands i can't lift my hands and as you do that lift your hands up i can't lift my hands i can't lift my hands and you kind of wave your arms around and this is a really, really powerful experiment. They did this once with, uh, they took two groups of people, and, and they, they, both of them had to hold uh, blocks of ice. And one group, they had to say to themselves, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, as they're holding the ice, and they had to kind of, they timed how long they could hold it. The other group, uh, they got them to walk around the room and say, I can't walk around the room, I can't walk around the room, and that created a disconnection between their thoughts and their actions. And then when they were holding the ice, they could hold it much longer. Mm. So, creating a disconnection between your thoughts and your actions creates a thing called diffusion in act, and it helps, and it can help you in so many different things. So, mm. wow, so this is powerful cool. shit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, one of the things you, you mentioned before, which I, I always found confused—not confused—I didn't quite understand, is when you say, "All right, you have this feeling." And it's not pleasant, but what is it teaching you? And I always thought, well, it's teaching me. I don't like it, <laughs> but there's something deeper there. I don't know if there's someone just like, yeah, well, that, it's teaching me that this is a shit feeling. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. But there's something maybe deeper
0: that that's under that. What you know? Well, uh... well, first of all, if you only had positive emotion, you didn't have any difficult emotions or emotions that are uncomfortable. How would you know that the positive ones are positive? How do you know that you're feeling good if you never had the opposite available for you to notice that? So one thing it teaches you straight away is that, okay, these feelings that I enjoy. And this is a feeling that actually I'm not enjoying. And it's the opposite of this that I enjoy. So that's the first thing to learn from it. Second thing to learn from it would be if I try and get really annoyed and irritated and push this feeling away and try it out you can say okay this is a good time for me to experiment see if what this act stuff works try and get rid of it as much as you can spend the day avoiding that feeling and doing other stuff it may work for you and if it works for you you know they say an act great use what works for you but if you find it doesn't work then you can say okay let me try 100 accepting it for however many seconds you want it could be it could be 60 seconds so you could close your eyes say where do i feel this anxiety in my body put my hand on it And let me just fully accept it for one minute. And the mistake people make with acceptance is they think it's going to make it go away. But what we're doing is we're stopping the fight with it. We're not saying go away. We're saying I make space for this feeling to be there. So, you know, you you allow it, you breathe into it, you let it be there 100%. And then you just see what happens. And I think over time you would start discovering and noticing what it means to accept it takes it takes ages to understand fully what acceptance means uh, talking about it and doing the actual practice are two different worlds uh, mm-hmm. so you can only discover it yourself through your own practice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, it's powerful stuff does that help uh, does it make sense? yeah does
1: that- yeah no it does because what, it links to a conversation i had earlier this morning with someone uh, a woman called gail berry we just recorded a podcast before this and we're talking about this kind of journey of entrepreneurship and what it means as a growing as a person Mm -hmm. and the the thing that's came up is like the fear never goes away no matter how successful you are you know she's been running a business for 18 years no matter what happens something new comes up and the fear comes back Mm -hmm. and you know you're talking about pushing always pushing away the fear it's it's this belief maybe i think people have around entrepreneurs successful ones is like suddenly they're impenetrable they've done it and there's you know They don't have to deal with that fear anymore they don't have to deal with anxiety and if i can't deal with it i'm a failure because i'm not like them
2: Mm.
0: yeah yeah we one of the things that we do automatically in an unhelpful way is we compare ourselves with others and we think that they're doing something very special and right and i'm doing something wrong and and they don't have these feelings that i have um but i like to think uh, going back to that kind of iceberg metaphor and also the effect of our environment and our genes everyone's kind of working through that a lot like so if you were like let's take someone like richard branson if you were born you know in richard Branson's situation if you had the exactly the same cells that he had if you had exactly the same brain cells if you had exactly the same environment you would probably do exactly the same thing that he did and you'd find yourself in his position and you're in your situation because of your environment because of your genes because of your situation and although that in some ways may feel like a disempowering thing in another way it creates a great powerful sense of acceptance in that you know what he's in that situation because of that and you can also put it for people you know who get involved in crime and things like that if you were in that situation in that circumstance you'd probably find yourself doing those kind of things too so it helps to see it helps to see that actually You're doing the best you can with with your scenario and your situation and your brain and your body and your emotions and your knowledge, and they're doing the best in theirs too. And I find that that does actually help reduce some of that sense of comparison and excessive striving and trying the sense of beating ourselves up or I'm not good enough because if there's more of a sense of, you know what, I'm doing the best I can in this situation and scenario, and every day I learn something new, so I will do my best to try and apply that. And if i'm successful in applying it, it is because of unfortunate again because of my environment and genes and circumstances and if i don't manage it again it's because of different circumstances so yeah it may be true that you know the fear may keep coming up and may come up a lot and it may not too so so we don't really know we can't we can't predict the future 100 percent. so i would say you know i'll take more of a mindful perspective as we only know about this moment and yeah the past is the past and we know that this moment there's fear here and it's good and healthy to make space, but who knows what will happen in the future and how things will change? I would say,
1: mm. in this time of navigating uncertainty. You know, this challenge. You know, we have no idea how long this situation is going to last. We have no idea when a vaccine happens and whether that's going to help us. We, know we have no idea what three months of lockdown is going to do for our businesses. Mm the more and it feels like the more we try and think about what we can do next and how we can plan for the future that's part of this kind of fighting with what's is yeah and- i think i think oh. this
0: i think this situation has brought to our consciousness hopefully the importance of letting go of mm. not trying to control things too much because of The future is actually always uncertain and we live in these habitual patterns as if everything's stable and this happens and that happens and this will come and that'll come. But actually at any moment, the truth is that, you know, anything can ultimately happen and we are all responding as best we can with all of our knowledge that we have at the moment. And the more I would encourage people to go with the flow of the moment and just do whatever arises in your mind that feels the right thing to do and just trust that's okay. That can really help. I, I remember at the beginning when when this stuff first came out three or four weeks ago, I was trying to. I was working. I was trying to plan too much. Actually, I was thinking, okay, what's the best thing to do? How can I best help others? What what's the situation? You know, all these bad things are going to happen. How am I going to fix it? Why is Boris doing this? Why is Trump doing? This? <laughs> Why isn't anybody watching WHO like me and Carlos? <laughs> Why are they not watching the YouTube live streams with what's that professor that we really like? What's his name?
1: Uh, Michael Ryan. Yeah, the
0: Michael. Idea. Yeah, why is nobody else watching Michael? Um, so I was getting frustrated and annoyed, but I think in the last couple of weeks, since I had that insight about how actually even someone uh, who's making really poor or bad decisions—if I was 100% in their situation—I'd probably do the same thing too. That and that helped me to accept them, and then it helped me to accept what I was doing in each in each day in each circumstance, and it kind of freed me up. And so I'm finding it, um, a useful moment at the moment. Actually, working more with the teachers that I've trained, and we're writing an ebook together, and we're doing this. We're doing loads of stuff, and it's just because of um, not trying to control each day anymore, actually, and it feels a lot more comfortable. Uh, so I feel fortunate that that's happening, and that's, that's the approach I'm taking anyway. Right.
2: I'm wondering how this can um, help at the moment for those that. Maybe trying to run away from because he talked about negative emotions and how easy it is to sort of suppress those because they feel icky. Maybe for some people or for a lot of us. Um, but also, I'm wondering how you can use that as fuel, almost to maybe reinvent your business if, if your business has suffered, or even if you're looking to start something. You're using this kind of that feeling of maybe you know uh, I don't know. The
0: discomfort in a, discomfort, in a sense. yeah or even yeah.
2: grieving what you've lost as a as a business owner if, if your business has collapsed overnight how you can use that to, to sort of think about what you might do next and, and whether yeah. out
0: yeah 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 that's, that's a good point i think step one is to acknowledge the feeling right so um there's a there's a popular acronym in mindfulness it's rain r-a-i-n i don't know if you, have you shared this with your audience or mm-hmm. rain r-a-i-n r stands for recognize uh, so first of all, recognise what's going on. Uh, a is to is the acceptance, so to allow it to be there. Uh, R A I, I just spell rain again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 my my jeans, don't blame me. It's my jeans. <laughs> I I stand next teacher to explore it a bit more. And N stands for non identify so the sense of stepping back. So if we're feeling, let's say the feeling is anxiety or overwhelming anxiety about a business situation. So first of all, you know, as you notice and acknowledge and accept it, and give yourself time, whether it's days or weeks, whatever it is, but at some point you will be motivated to take some action, and so you can use that energy, as you're saying, Lawrence, to to pivot. They talk in 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 act about using these as energy centers to pivot. So where there's that anxiety, we can pivot that energy. Towards something that could be helpful, which could be to tune into something like this But it could be taking some sort of small action in the direction that would be helpful for you mm. So it could be to call someone up and just to talk it over It could be to go for a walk and brainstorm without your phone or any, any other stuff uh, It could be to chat to you guys. It could be to join some other social media uh, chat for example, it could be to uh, To just literally start a new business and try try selling something new and see what happens there uh, so it could be the tiny actions that you take. It does need to be, even if it's just for a minute or two, just to acknowledge I'm feeling this way. It's not my fault, it's not blaming yourselves for it, because that's going to be an extra train. You know, this is like something like this hasn't happened since like World War Two time. So obviously you're not going to be at your optimum. Things are not going to be feeling of difficult emotions which the whole country and the whole world is feeling so we really need to first of all really allow ourselves to be kind to ourselves to accept ourselves and if we screw up that's okay because of it's quite likely to be honest to be making unhelpful decisions or wrong decisions because of you know we're doing the best we can in the situation and then there may be you may end up picking up the phone and speaking to someone that does Lead to a new idea, or a new thought, or a new option, or a new way of dealing with that creative, uh, meeting that that challenge in a more creative way. So it could lead to that, yeah, mm. um,
1: yeah. Um, I'm conscious so we got a couple of questions uh, mm-hmm. uh, people posted, but also was there a, was there a little practice you wanted to share? I'm not sure if there's anything that you want you you had in mind in terms of people can think Actually,
0: about. Yeah, there's this, um. Um, I don't know, maybe we could do a five-minute practice, but it's tuning into the wise, kind version of yourself, and you can ask that person questions. And I think that might be quite good for this group, actually. So cool. shall we have shall we go and do yeah. a go at doing five, a five-minute And minutes? in it's the hard. meantime, uh, yeah, it's just give people, if you have any questions, please post them in the Ask
1: a Question feature, um, yeah. and then we will tackle those towards the end of the call. Yeah,
0: yeah. Maybe, maybe um, rather than thinking of too many questions that you type in right now, if it's okay, uh, Carlos, yeah. Let them do this practice because yep. I will be part of the process of asking questions to this wise person. So let's try oh, yeah. this first. Awesome. And some different Perfect. questions might come out then. Excellent. So um, just begin by having your eyes open, actually. Just look around at the room. Notice the different colors in front of you. Uh, you may notice one or two things that are different or some certain shadows and things that look a bit different. And you're just cultivating some curiosity there. And then for this exercise, you can just cast your eyes downwards if you want, or you can close your eyes, whatever works for you. And let's just begin by just noticing our body sensations. No need to try to fix or relax or anything like that. Just notice the sensations in your body. Your back against the back of the chair, the weight of your body on the chair, your feet on the floor, any sense of discomfort or comfort in the body. Just begin by noticing it. And if you find it soothing to feel your breathing, just notice the fact that your body is naturally breathing all the time and just noticing a few breaths. See if you can stay with the full in and out breath, even if it's just for one in and out breath, see if you can fully notice it. Now, I'd like you to imagine that you're able to meet or talk to someone who for you represents a lot of wisdom and a lot of kindness. So it could be someone that you know or someone that you don't know, someone you maybe see on on TV or online. It could be some sort of spiritual leader. It could be an aunt or uncle, someone who you feel has a great source of wisdom and compassion. So imagine that you're fortunate enough to be able to meet this person. And you're able to have a conversation with this person. So I want you to first of all tune into how you're feeling right now and and any kind of challenges that you're facing right now. Maybe you're not sure about what to do next. Maybe there's some tricky decisions you need to make. So I want you to ask that person your question, your challenge. And the person listens carefully to what you're sharing. And I want you to imagine that this person responds. This person's responding with, a place of greater wisdom and compassion. What advice would that person give you? And it may be an answer to the question. It may be a feeling that they give you. I'm going to stop talking for about 30 seconds and allow yourself to go back and forth in this conversation with this wise person, talking to them about your challenge right now and see what answers you get. good and you know you may have managed that maybe your mind wandered a bit that's okay it's quite normal but uh, any insights that you had uh, I invite you to bring them back with you as you gradually uh, come back to your body and gradually open your eyes and come back to your surroundings so that's, so that's a little exercise tuning into the wise and kind version of yourself. If you want to do that, I've got a recording, which is about 15 minutes on. Uh, there's a free app called Insight Timer. So you can find find that on there too. Uh, but yeah. Nice. Opening it up for any questions.
1: much. Yeah, so feel free for uh, actually if you had a question from your uh, that you're giving your wise, wise self, please and you feel that Shamash is that wise person? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Share that in the
1: question, in the question feature. Um, mm. Right. We're <laughs> going to start off. Uh, I can't remember. Someone actually asked, p- asked this question in the chat. I think it was uh, her, her, their username is Re- Repentine. Um, they asked, how does the practice of mindfulness
0: affect or relate to our unconscious mind? that's a great question uh i haven't seen any specific research saying you know this is the impact it has on your unconscious mind but uh, there is a load of research about how it impacts our behavior about how it impacts even things like our immune system our bodily response so you know i'm guessing that it has a huge impact over the long term on our unconscious and that's how we change there's a there's um when they when they kind of track people who've been practicing mindfulness for like 20 years over long periods of time, they see permanent changes that have happened in the brain and the part of the brain to do with anxiety actually does get smaller and less activated. So, you know, we talked about fear being the same level, but actually regular mindfulness practice would reduce the fear center of the brain. So you'd feel it less. And the parts of the brain to do with noticing emotions become more powerful and activated. And the part of the brain to do with positive emotions, the left front part of the brain, prefrontal cortex, also gets more activated and strengthened uh, and you're more uh, likely to approach challenges because of those changes. Mm. So, so yeah, neuroplasticity, exactly uh, repentine. Yeah. There's because of neuroplasticity, these changes do start to take place through mindful practice.
1: I'm curious around the, so when I think about the unconscious mind, I, I immediately jump to the idea of um, limiting beliefs and uh, And how they affect our actions and Mm. when you talked about what can these feelings tell us or teach us when you when you investigate why is that feeling coming up for me right now what could that relate to that
0: i've experienced in the past and how that relates to the unconscious side of things yeah yeah it could uh, definitely relate to your uh, unconscious beliefs like if you have a belief like you know i should do things perfectly all the time then holding a belief or a thought like that Is going to be impacting your actions so the first thing you i would say to myself is that you know first of all it's not my fault that i'm having this belief because of other people probably said it to me or because of society it's it's created this belief in me so reducing your blame for yourself then you can do the technique the diffusion technique like i mentioned like you can say i notice i'm having the thought i need to be perfect and just they've done our research just on saying that sentence, I notice I'm having the thought. So if you just say that before whatever your unhelpful belief is, that's going to create some space between you and the belief. Um, and the other fun thing, that, <laughs> the other funny way, I don't know if I've shared this with you before, is actually singing it to a tune. So I've done this a few times with people. <laughs> so if you have the thought like I'm not good enough, uh, one way to rewire it is to sing it to a tune like happy birthday. So Everybody, we can do this together. <laughs> I'll do it for a bit anyway, which is like, so if you have the thought, I'm not good enough, which is quite a common one, you can sing it. I am not good enough. I am not good enough. You can do it while you're washing your hands. I'm I not am not good enough, good enough at washing my hands. <laughs> And straight, so you can see, Carlos is loving it. Um, but yeah, see, see what we're doing. Rather than trying to avoid that thought and push it away and be scared of it, we bring it right to the front, and we're actually being playful with it. We're singing it out loud, and that releases the emotional. Like that used to be quite a strong thought for me, but now I find it hilarious. <laughs> I'm not good enough because I'm being a bit more playful from it, and because of I'm starting to see it as just a thought. So I would encourage everybody on here. We could have a group Zoom call where we sing it all together.
2: Yeah. I think <laughs> we need to make Happy Birthday more interesting now, anyway, because it's been taken uh, over. Before. Yeah,
0: exactly. Sing those <laughs> it was my on. birthday. For some reason, really washed my hands.
2: I birthday two weeks. I might try it then. See how it goes down.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
2: We are not good <laughs>
0: enough. <laughs> we, we are complete
2: failures. <laughs>
1: Okay, next question from Farah. Does the way you think about fear and acceptance work the same for anger? Uh, Any thoughts about this? Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) With act, it doesn't differentiate between the different uh, emotions. So whatever that feeling is, the same approach can be taken. And I'm just going to reiterate what I said before in terms of does it work. People always think if I accept it, it's going to get rid of it as if, oh, it's working or it's not working. But acceptance is about you stop fighting with it, but you just make space for it to be there and you carry on with whatever choices you make in your life, however you want to live your life. You take that feeling with you. So you you give up the fight of trying to get rid of it. You make space for it and you do what matters. Brilliant.
1: Awesome. Okay. Uh, Adam. <laughs> Adam Brooke. <Good> awesome.
0: <laughs> Lawrence just said, sing your fear and do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There you go. That's
2: the a, a, a workshop coming to you now. Uh, Any day soon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sing your fear and
2: do your startup anyway. You, yeah. could like, you, you could be the new choir guy. You know, you could be like a, a whole nation singing their fears
0: together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get completely screwed up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could change the whole mood of the nation. Cool. Uh, we got Adam here. Good old Adam. He's asking, do you have any tips uh, on discovering your own values?
0: Yes. So the first tip, uh, remember how I mentioned we hurt where we care. So think about a situation that's causing you pain or difficulty right now or in any such situation, and the flip side of it is linked to your values. So, for example, this is a great example, which is if you have social anxiety, if being in social situations causes anxiety for you, that means you care about relationships, you care about people, and so it means that whatever you do, it needs to be something which is about connecting with being with people because it's important for you. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's the first clue. Think about situations in your life where it was really painful, really uncomfortable. The flip side of that is going to be your value. The next one, think about the person that we brought to mind, who is our a uh, person who is the wise or kind person, the person who we had a lot of respect for that person's qualities are going to be linked to our values so if you chose someone who was let's say very playful you're like maybe playfulness is your value if you chose someone who is a great teacher then maybe education is your value Uh, so our heroes uh, can be used to kind of trigger uh, what our values are and another way is you could just this is a more simple way it doesn't work quite so well but it's to actually look at a list of values and think about which ones that you think resonate with you and then test them out for a week so grab a value let's say it's kindness okay let's try kindness for a week every day i'm going to do something that links with kindness this uh this week every day and i'm going to see how it makes me feel if it feels empowering and and exciting then then kindness is one of my values most likely so it's about experimenting with it too so there's Hmm. some tips brilliant perfect
1: awesome (laughs) Uh, (laughs) what we have here is we've got jasmine um what do you suggest for people struggling to deal with emotions at all awareness hasn't been developed any
0: tips so, so let's say the first part first part again
1: so what do you suggest for people struggling to deal with emotions at all so probably not being able to even yeah. deal with them in the first place mm-hmm. uh, she says awareness hasn't been developed so they haven't developed any awareness of it yet
0: okay okay
2: this is something um, that- it's easy for sorry Quickly to say um i guess it's something we learn right from from our families or our parents if, we, if we're taught, yeah. if we not taught if we're taught to run away from emotion then how do you discover it
0: exactly Now that's a good point yeah so there'll be reasons behind why that situation is um but i don't know if, if that person is talking about someone else or themselves mm. but what you can start with is mindfulness of not even your emotions so you're just mindfulness of your body and your environment while you go for a walk like you remember at the beginning of this meditation we i just said you know just look around notice the different colors so you can start by developing an awareness which doesn't even include emotions just noticing colors doing creative activities just noticing looking and stuff like that and then gradually when you're ready start turning the attention more inwards and just ask yourself you know what am i feeling today and you may not know but just starting to ask that question will start you know going into your unconscious and you'll start reflecting a little bit more Like, okay and you start to start getting a little bit of an idea what's there so doing it gradually like we talked about before
1: cool okay well jasmine if you have anything for further on that maybe post there's another question or post it in the comments thanks Ooh. a lot um annette hey hello annette shamash she asks is the commitment aspect around moving toward the positive thoughts and actions
0: maybe i didn't read yeah. that correctly <laughs> exactly so the commitment element um, can i sh- share my screen for a yeah. few seconds six minutes? Okay. yeah So uh let me see if i can find it here we go so this is a new image can you see that on the screen yeah uh, yeah yeah so the bigger uh, so this is the model of uh, from act of psychological flexibility uh the foot the one at the top and All on the right-hand side, the first four are all the mindful skills. So it's about acceptance, stepping back from your thoughts, tuning into the kind of the wiser version of yourself and being in the moment. And then the two on the left-hand side, open up to your values and navigate to a meaningful action. That's the commitment side. So once you start becoming a bit more clear about what your values are, what's meaningful for you, what you feel is making a difference in the world, what's the kind of person that you want to be, then you start taking actions towards that and you commit towards that and the other side of this uh, hexagon is you giving you the skills to be able to handle the the thoughts emotions and sensations that will come up inevitably when you start cultivating a more meaningful life because of you're cultivating a meaning a, a life that you care about and so obviously things like anxiety are going to come up because of you care about them you want it to go well so i don't know if that diagram helps but uh cool. maybe
1: Awesome. Well, you can let us know now if that
0: that's helped you out there.
1: Uh, boom! Yeah. Wow, you've got, got much power. power. <laughs> I have the power. One more question. It feels like so. It's uh, a Um Are limiting beliefs a manifestation of our fears and the source of our avoiding behaviors?
0: So. Uh just trying to see that question just say that again slowly sorry our limiting beliefs yeah
1: manifestation of our fears and the source of our avoiding behaviors
0: um the thought i would say the thoughts the feelings and bodily sensations they all kind of play off each other so sometimes a fear would come up and that may trigger a thought or a thought may come up and that may trigger the fear so it's not necessarily you've got the belief and then the and then the feelings come from there or you've got the feelings and the other one comes from it they kind of interact with each other so you could have a really poor night's sleep and because of that that could trigger a certain thought which could then trigger another emotion and then you haven't drank enough water so that impacts something else so they're not like one causes the other but they interact with each other uh, and it's impossible to know exactly what is causing what ultimately. Mm. So, so you can you can work at them in di- at different angles. You don't have to just fix the thought. You can't fix the thought actually, but you don't need to just do one or the other. Work with what works for you.
1: Mm. Yeah, I find I'm that good. thinking about this stuff personally as well is is some of the the fears and anxieties or the way that I've been able to look at it is relating fears and anxieties to beliefs and beliefs that I've inherited. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm hearing from you, Shamash, is that there's a more complex interplay there.
0: Yeah, because of let's say if you had, a, like I said, a really good night's sleep and a really good meal the night before and you wake up really fresh, that limiting belief is not going to have so much an impact on you compared to if you're sick or you're unwell or, or something happens that threatens you. There's a loud bang or something. I don't know, whatever it is. It's not like I've got these limiting beliefs and that's causing all my unhelpful emotions. It's everything interacting with each other. It's very natural to feel fear and and then all the other emotions we've talked about. So uh, it's not helpful to think, okay, what are my underlying beliefs that are causing all these issues for me? I don't think. Mm. It's about seeing them from different angles and different perspectives and working at them in different ways. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Wise guru, man.
2: Before <laughs> you go, Jamash, but, um, yeah. if you've got a couple of minutes, Was uh, yeah, sure. I read this book, Lost Connections, recently. If you read it, Johan Harry. Uh, no, I haven't actually. I talk about it, but he talks a lot about, well, actually, it was his quest to understand his depression better. And he's been on anti- antidepressants for years. And so he was just trying to understand that better and how he could maybe cure himself in other ways. And just went on this quest, really, to understand um his journey and the emotions behind that and actually found that his theory really is that you know we can cure ourselves in other ways and and often antidepressants don't work for people because we're trying to suppress those negative Mm -hmm. emotions so i'm wondering if this is almost an antidote to that is it this approach would you say to not saying it's going to cure depression for everyone but the idea that you face up to those emotions rather than run away from them definitely yeah yeah and it's not
0: an easy journey to do you can't just you know what we've shared is just a, uh, a tip of the iceberg in yeah. that approach but interestingly uh, I recommended this book to Carlos as well actually um, this book they wrote a liberated mind uh, hmm. it's bit of a bit of a heavy read but if you read the first chapter or two he talks about mental health and actually how um, there's this massive book they've got a DSM book where they try to classify different mental health conditions and yeah. it's growing so much that in, in 10 years time, there'd be more mental health conditions than there are people in the United States. So it's not going to work. Uh, and what they have found is that actually we cannot say that this is a mental health illness and this is not. It's not like a physical health illness. Yeah. And so the way ACT works is it's not designed for specific illnesses. It's about creating ple- psychological flexibility, which helps for the whole range of different challenges Mm. that's another one of the beauties of it because at the moment people are always trying that okay this is your problem and this is the solution that's going to fix it whereas this is saying that the underlying cause of all these challenges is because of the way our societies works because of the way our brains have evolved most of us are going to have these challenges Mm. and so we need to learn skills to be able to counteract that not easy but we can learn them step by step and these are the six underlying processes that seem to work in in many different methodologies so it's worth trying to put these into practice um, does that help i don't know if that answers your yeah question. no
2: totally. i think it's it's fascinating mm. uh
0: what did part- what did he do in that book i'm curious did he was it was it a mindful approach he took or something else
2: uh well no, he's uh, he talked a lot about just the disconnection, a disconnection between ourselves and our values. So that's why it struck a chord when you were talking oh, about yeah. disconnection from meaningful work, from each other, from mm-hmm. nature, um and from trauma as well, people not facing up to you know difficulties maybe in childhood. So mm-hmm. he kind of breaks it down and and his TED talk, which I can share, is um kind mm-hmm. of a short version of the findings he had. But a lot of it's about reconnecting to community as well and ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah and trying and try not to do this stuff on their own which i think is it's, one of the reasons we we always do stuff in communities like it's hard yeah. to make progress with personal growth or business yeah. when particularly yeah. when you're doing it on your own
0: yeah we don't actually exist on our own we exist in an environment don't we we're all yeah. interconnected the idea of us being an individual take our, all our environment we wouldn't even exist so yeah. we are our environment and we are our community so that's so we need powerful. to reach out to each other to ask for help so again. Exactly.
1: We need to reach out to each other to ask yeah. for help. Yeah, yeah, and if people wanted to get help from you, uh,
0: reach out to me. Reach <laughs> <laughs> <And>, uh, out. <laughs> you can just message me on Facebook or uh, my website, shamashaladina.com. And you can, uh, I've got seven day um, free. Uh, mindfulness course if you sign up on there on the website somewhere so if people are new to mindfulness they can do that oh yeah i've got an act course coming up so if people want to try the act stuff i've got an act for beginners course uh maybe everyone who's listening to this i could uh, give a discount i think it's 150 but i could i could do it for 99 pounds if you I'll do, I'll do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well we can message everyone uh after the webinar and you just share yeah. us as, as we can send send them a sure. message through crowdcast
2: yeah i was going to say going to be an act for dummies
0: <laughs> uh, uh we need that someone beat me to it i uh, oh, no. <laughs> am really good i can't understand it. it's too difficult yeah, for those
1: of you who don't know shamash is the author of mindfulness for dummies so um yeah, if really you good. want to find out this more about new, it, new edition out came out there you go mr thick. Aladina, awesome. mr shamash Aladina. right i should read it one day <laughs>
2: You need to have your name in the racco- <laughs> Macarena if you get it on your-
0: You know, once I, I was I I did this thing for Sky TV and it had my book in the background and people saw it online. They're like, ah, oh, they started laughing at me that like, ah, oh, he has to read mindfulness for dummies, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're like, I wrote the book, guys.
0: <laughs> I specialise in dummies.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's all good. We need those easy what, about happy
0: easy what about happy startup for dummies that could be a good one
1: there we go yeah, it on the <laughs> you might call me dummies
0: <laughs> well
1: on that note thanks shamash okay, for jo- yeah. <laughs> for joining us uh, today um we're here again next friday uh, yeah. we'll be talking to uh, the wonderful chris keesley uh, Talking a bit around the ideas of trauma, is that correct?
2: Uh, it's following off a conversation I've had with her in the last couple of weeks. She's a, a leadership coach, but she's been helping a lot of her clients in the US navigate through this period of loss, like a little bit we were talking about earlier. This idea of mm. not just trying to fix the business, fix ourselves, but actually like this leaning into this feeling of loss in the business. And what does that? What does that do? And how can we do that? And so, yeah, she's going to share more about her approach and. Yeah, she's just a great person to hang around. Every time we hang out with her, we always feel better afterwards. So, yeah, looking forward to that.
1: Brilliant. So, yeah, and it's nice to have everyone here hang around with us. Um, the kind of the reason why we we're doing these, committing to this, is to create this space where we can connect uh, and feel don't feel so alone. Actually, given yeah. The, uh, All the
2: comments. It's great to see everyone so active and contributing. Um, yeah, and, uh, really appreciate it. So, yeah.
1: until next week. Uh, well, we'll be in touch as well. Share will. Um, Send through some details if you're interested in the ACT course. Uh, And, yeah, have a great weekend, everyone.
0: Yeah, have a great weekend. Cool. You take
1: care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, If you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?
0: The thing that kills us the most mental health challenges is a thing called experiential avoidance. When we get an emotion, we can see it as a threat, like you'd see an external threat of something dangerous like a dangerous animal or something. That same threat response is triggered off in a, through an emotion, and when it's triggered off, we try to push it away, just like in the real world if something's dangerous you push it away or you fight it. And it's those natural reactions that come up in human beings, which is why we get into these kind of closed feedback loops in terms of our difficult emotions, difficult thoughts. And then behaving in ways that are not not helpful for us too so to go from avoidance to allowing and accepting is is really one of the key processes that you learn through act